1974, a woman from Southern California claimed she had paranormal activity in her home, from orbs to apparitions of things flying through the air at her. Was that all? No. Because that's a fucking silver medal, and she's going for the gold. She claims that two small apparitions would hold her down, while a larger one would actually rape her. Hold on while we cut into Doris Bither and the Entity Haunting. And hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. Hey Matt, how's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good. How are you doing? Um, I'm kind of freaked out, man. I mean, rapey ghosts. Um, what the fuck? I mean, that's that's a heck of a way to kick this thing off, don't you think? It's well, I thought we'd let them know where we're gonna be. I got a bit of a dark sense of humor, and I thought this movie was pretty good, which is why I wanted to look into it. You in would the first think it was place. good. So, yeah, this is awful. I, it took me three settings to get through it. It's an older. It's it's a bit older. <laughs> so one of those. It's one of those. Yeah, it's an acquired taste, it, I suppose. Hey, it does not Spectral get rape. better with age, Matt. Does not get better I, with age. It was more like milk than wine. I feel. But I don't know what it was. I had, I had heard another podcast talk about it, but they barely said anything. And then they mentioned the movie. So I, this has been quite a while back. And I came home and watched the movie. And I was like, that's not too bad. The soundtrack was pretty great. So it's like, hey, <laughs> oh, well, only, just... you, only you would think, that's pretty badass. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. I like that. We'll just, uh, we'll just start off with this one because it's pretty uh, crazy. Well, let's, let's dig in, man. Where do you want to begin? Well, we'll start at the beginning because uh, not much is known of Doris's childhood. Uh, but what is known is she came from an upper middle class family that moved to California when she was 10. Her life was apparently filled with uh, abuse mentally and physically from alcoholic parents. Oh, perfect so want, childhood. So if you want to talk about really killing it in life, she's off to a bad fucking start. <laughs> yeah. Go <laughs> and, team Doris. Yes, and things did not get better uh, later on because uh, many of her relationships were also filled with abuse. And I don't know if it's that's how she thought things were supposed to be or if that's just how everything worked out. Because each of her children came from different fathers who didn't stick around. Oh, yeah, and her parents also disowned her. What? Like, like completely, like absolutely, and cut her out of the will. Her brother got 100% of the inheritance. What kind of Pop. crap? What kind of crap you got to do to get cut out of a will entirely? Possibly the occult is what I had read. Like she was oh, getting into yeah. seances and Ouija boards and stuff. But that yeah. seems like that seems like kind of some kid stuff to do. And I don't know. I don't know what the yeah. altercation was, but it must have been rough. I would but say, it, yeah. I mean, did she, did she maybe bring a demon into the house or something? I don't know. I mean, that's I think she did later. It's it seems like <laughs> in the story. Way to she go, must Doris. Have later. But uh, her oldest son, and he's the one that uh, is the most talkative later on in life. So uh, a lot of the a lot of the things that I heard, like in interviews, was was from the oldest son. But he he said she had so many boyfriends that he lost count. Like guys wow. just coming in and out of the house like all the time, and they were not good relationships. Wow, rotating so, door, huh? Yeah, and uh, she was an alcoholic and suffered from severe depression. 
but I kind of get it after the childhood she had, yeah. the life she was yeah. leading. It was pretty, it was, it was pretty bad. <laughs> so she lived in a small house at 11547 Braddock Drive, Culver City, California with her children. She had a six-year-old girl, three boys, ages 10, 13, and 16. And soon after moving in, an older Mexican woman knocked on her door and told her that she used to live in the house and that was evil and that she needed to move and then just left. Hello, I used to live here a long time ago. Um, this house very evil, Mr. E- Superman. E- Mr. Evil, you said. It's very evil. Yes, very evil. You must go now. So the so the house is evil. So you're telling me. <laughs> yes, Mr. Superman no is here, but Mr. Devil is here. Mr. So the devil is here. You go now. Okay, (laughs) bye-bye. That would be the worst conversation. I've lived in this house for about 12 years, and if some woman came to the door and told me that, during the day, I'd be like, ah, she's lost her fucking mind. There's no crazy going on here. Yeah. Yeah. But then in in the middle of the night, every every little bump, but yeah. So, yeah, that's the devil. (laughs) I'm pretty fucked here. I told (laughs) you the devil, go. You go now. Or hear, yeah, hear that voice while you're sleep, trying to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Doris, she happened upon parapsychologist Dr. Barry Taff and his associate Carrie Grainer, Gainer at a bookstore where she overheard them talking about a case they had been working on. Now, some people say that it was Gainer that she met in the bookstore, and then he later gave the info and and met up with the other guy and. Then, then, then they went correct. Yeah, and then I also read that it wasn't even her; it was one of her friends that overheard him and said that she knew a lady. And so, then I also heard that there was a sheepdog that overheard and, and went. There were so many sheepdogs, so yeah. many of them that were. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but Taft and Gainer were from UCLA, and. Uh, Taft's first thoughts about this was going to be an open shut case. It was probably a mental disorder. He was going to go in there and check things out because when they first showed up, Taft said that Doris's deteriorating mental health had left her unable to perform motherly tasks. So this caused many problems with her son, especially the eldest. Because the kid, the kid said that while this investigation, I was right about two months of investigation. Right. That the, the, the kids hated it because they said that after the investigators would leave, like the house would come alive. Right. So way more, way more people than her had experienced and seen stuff in the house. But when the investigation was going on, they couldn't catch much or they didn't get many things. But as soon as they leave, the house would get pissed. Yeah, apparently. But uh, now this house... Uh, did they not say that it was condemned? Not once. Was, twice. But two twice. times. Con- yeah. Tw- two times condemned, and apparently it was just a shithole. But you're a single mother of four. What are you going to do? What, <laughs> you know? I don't know, man. I, yeah. So uh, uh, he didn't know it would be the biggest case of his life going into it. So, like, yeah, he thought it would just... Uh, he just kind of was going to brush this one off. 
Yeah, and then well, once once she explained to them everything that was going on, like it's almost impossible to prove ghosts in the first place. And how are you supposed to prove spectral rape? Like you can't. Like how are you supposed to? Ghost babies, easy. Ghost babies. That's claimed later on, or the beginning of them, anyway. But then they oh, seen wow. the they seen the bruises on her inner thighs after she explained things. So they, well, they thought, I mean, you could rack it up. I mean. Doris is uh, under the influence of, I don't know, was, was she drinking beer? I don't, is it beer? Oh, no. Oh, yeah, beer. Okay. Yeah, most, well, mostly beer. But it wasn't, she wasn't, she didn't have a few. She was shit hammered. Okay. Like, most of the time. So, <laughs> okay. I mean, you could bump into anything. And yeah, bruise yourself, yeah. Yeah. But they also said that they experienced some things in the house, like uh, apparently a fuse box had blown off the wall, just and flew through the air at Doris, and they claim to have witnessed this. I so would right go with uh, bad plumbing. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's pretty. That's pretty wacky. Yeah, that's. So I don't know. A candle was thrown at her. Wild stuff. <laughs> it sure is. A, a candle was thrown at her, and that the kids see the kids said that when they'd walk up and down the hall in the middle of the night, they experienced bumping in like they was bumping into somebody that wasn't there. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now, if Doris said that, I'd be like, well, yeah, but you're probably Drunk. bouncing off yeah. the walls as you're going down anyway. But if you're the bouncing kids off say the walls, it, literally, and yeah, anyway, yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, so they were talking about like a poltergeist type entity, and that her childhood and her adulthood would feed into that because a lot of people say like the, they would, poltergeist would feed off emotions or feelings. Right. And if, and if you're looking for like, depression sadness and anger then she's a fucking lithium ion battery <laughs> for them to feed off of because zero to 60 in 2.3 seconds because yeah, everything that she was going through was just terrible and then most of the people that seen the apparitions claimed they were just like a mist right it was like a mist of a man but she claimed that they were asian men asian they were <laughs> asian I don't know. I don't know how she knew that if you couldn't see their faces, but she uh, did. Well, I mean, I mean, we won't go there. <laughs> but the kids witnessed the entity so often that they named one of them Mr. Who's It. Mr. Which, who's what? Mr. Who's It. Mr. Or, who's It. Yeah. So if you, if I just went like to a friend's house and their children came up and they said, have you seen Mr. Who's It? I'd be, who? Mr. Who's it? He's standing right there. And I, oh shit. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm leaving immediately. Much but better the, the, title for a movie, too, by the way, right? Yeah, definitely. I agree. Uh, because uh, the entity's pretty solid, but Mr. Who's it? Oh, man. That just, that it, just screams. It's got a ring to it, like, you know, Freddy, Jason, yeah. Chucky, Mr. Who's it? Yeah. The Candy Man. Yeah. I mean, that's I like what I would have gone with. I like it way better. But the team set up and brought in high-speed cameras and photographers waiting to capture something on tape. The team investigators and their equipment were set up in a small bedroom as well as Doris. They were cramped and wanting to see some paranormal activity. What I have read in many things was all the way from 24 people to 30 plus. We're talking about a tiny little bungalow house, right? Yep, in a tiny little bedroom. And I don't know a lot about 1974 ghost capturing equipment, but I'm assuming it's large and puts off a lot of heat. Yes. I, so would, that, I would think so too. But they said, they said the bedroom was ice cold, even though she didn't have air conditioning. Well, I mean, at least there's that. I mean, 
This is the summer, right? Yeah, and they they did say they caught orbs because they said they were fist size and like a greenish yellow, and so they put up these uh, black poster boards all okay. around the bedroom and on the ceiling and used white duct tape to try to make like a grid so they could see where things were going. So they were seeing them but weren't catching them on camera. I mean, there's a couple, there's a couple uh, photos of orbs. You could call bullshit on that, though. I mean, yeah. There was a couple photos of orbs, but you know they said it was a shithole house, so it could have been dust particles and yeah, who knows. But they the team wanted uh, they wanted evidence, so they wanted Doris to provoke the entities by swearing and calling them out. They said after she started doing this, that the orbs started to show up, and then a green mist appeared over in the corner of the room. Doris kept provoking, and the being and and. Beginnings of the mist started to manifest into the torso of man. Very large and lots of muscles, that was what was reported. The, the what, face... Wait a minute, showed, wait a minute. I thought he said was... I thought this thing was Chinese. Asian. Asian. We I'm don't sorry. know which, which type of Asian, but it could... I don't know. They said it was very muscular, so they, they could tell it was a man just by the body shape, but they couldn't see... Any any details in the face whatsoever. Or, okay. And, and it didn't matter how many high-speed cameras they had set up, the team was never able to ca- capture anything that they were seeing. So the, the, but the one thing that they got, they took some Polaroids. There were some Polaroid pictures, but that wasn't Doris in those pictures. That was uh, one of, it was Doris's uh, psychic friend, Candy. And okay. she would say, the entity's right in front of me, and they'd take a picture, and it was, like, blurred out. And then, nope, it's leaving, and they'd take a picture. Well, they were saying they were, like, within, like, 30 seconds of each other. Really? But who knows? They also said it was Doris. So, but it, I, and uh, Frank Delfoletta was there also, and he was the author of the book and the movie. But he was screenplay, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he was there for... For this investigation, and it, it they apparently they were there for over ten weeks. And wow, the, and that's those, a long time to have that many people in your house. Yeah, and I don't know, I don't know if there was that many every time, or if there was just that many this particular time. Yeah, but I can picture it. If it's if it's like ten weeks, I've pictured like Taft being like a like a good dude most of the time. But you're, you're spending ten weeks in like a terrible house that you don't want to be in, right? Right. Right. So I can imagine. Me, no, I understand. I understand. But I, you know, listen. I, I am a professional, and I am here for you. One hundred percent here for you. I mean, I'm a doctor for Christ's sake. Okay. <laughs> so what I'm gonna need is you to get your ass over here and drink these Budweisers. <laughs> I need some proof, Doris. Come on, you know, Doris. Something. Let's get hammered. <laughs> you know, something like that. And now a word from our sponsor. You want to see some paranormal shit? Drink Doris beer. Drink Doris beer. Where it's not even beer. It's ever clear in a can. Drink Doris beer. Hell, if you got enough cans of it and need to run up to the store to get more, you can pour it in your gas tank. It'll power your fucking truck. Doris beer. You want to get fucked by some weird-ass fucking ghosts? Doris beer. Strap in, motherfucker. It's just some Doris beer. Doris beer is Available at fine retailers everywhere.
But the most famous photo is the one of Doris sitting on the bed with the arc above her head. And that went to a magazine where they actually printed it because they said it was viable because it was smooth, even though there was a corner in the room and it didn't take the shape of the corner. But it could also be lens flare because the yeah, lens flare is yeah. round. But it was and uh, then, like a modern photography magazine or something like that. I can't remember the exact uh, yeah, it was, publication it was, it was in, but it was right along those lines. But the other thing is, when you look at that picture, it must have been for a different uh, photography session that they did where they put up the black poster boards because, because there were no, there's none in that picture okay. that you can see. So it must have been for a different one or eh, well, as long as they were there. I mean, you, you, okay, you said, so, go ahead, go ahead. You, you nope. said over, over, over a period of how many weeks, like 10 weeks, 10 weeks. I was going to say, said, yeah. you, you don't know when that picture was taken in that time frame. It, so, yeah. And if, if you're there for that long and you're taking that many photos and you're doing that many sessions, you're going to forget what day you did what to. It's just like every day I want to do something. Man, I don't even remember what the hell I did yesterday. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> I get it. But Taff reported that the eldest son said activity would intensify when he played Black Sabbath or Uriah Heep. The songs that mentioned devil worship or the devil at all seemed to upset the poltergeist the most. The lights and orbs did increase during these songs. I'm assuming that's the album, but let, let's see. Like uh, the self-titled and Paranoid came out in 70. Masters, Masters of Reality. Reality. 71. Volume 4 was 72. And then Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath was 73. So it could have been any could of them. Could have been them. any of them. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm I'm assuming it was probably Paranoid because I think that was the most famous, even though I like Masters of Reality better. But I yeah, you're probably right. Probably the most popular. Yeah. So apparently Poltergeist like fairies wear boots. That's that's my favorite song. <laughs> so the investigative team witnessed orbs and lights for about two months before things died down. The factors in the case were that Doris's addiction to booze and her being abusive and wasted on a daily basis, as well as her unwillingness to seek any help for this. This is what seems to be the reason for the poltergeist activity, as well as its strength. Doris was almost always in a drunken stupor. When she wasn't, the activity stopped. So well, if, if, she, is, if she stayed on the wagon, no more problem. Yeah. But if wow. she was, but that's, that's another thing that leads me to believe why Gainer was probably showing up with like an ice down case of beer. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, Doris brought you a present. Let's record some <laughs> shit. The towel on. <laughs> so Taff reported that Doris moved from Culver City to Carson City, California, then from Carson to San Bernardino then to Texas, then back again to San Bernardino. And Doris reported that the phenomenon followed her. Doris even reported the neighbors would experience activity. So Even the neighbors, eh? Yeah, so it was like, the, her eldest son said that they did report like activity throughout their lives. They thought things were happening, but it got bad when they moved into that house and apparently it just kept following. Oh, wow. Doris even reported the entity had impregnated her, but the doctor's tests what? were negative. The doctor's tests you were negative. You are not the father. <laughs> so she was suffering from atopic or hysterical pregnancy. 
which is bitch done lost her mind. I think, yeah, I think with the as bad as everything had went in her life, and just you know being shit hammered constantly, that I, you know, but Doris said that these things happened to her for the rest of her life. she said these things happened to her for the rest of her life though in her later years she refused to do any interviews and she passed away in 1999 since then her eldest son has done a a few interviews so yeah i read a a couple of those and uh where he stated that no the house was not condemned but gainer gainer said that no indeed it was twice twice um and what else did i hear that i didn't hear you say um during their initial investigation um i believe a pan or a skillet something flew it flew at them yeah out of the cabinet and they investigated to make sure that you know there wasn't a kid in there or or you know some wire or spring or anything line or something yeah 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 and yeah. they couldn't find anything. Yeah, and then in some of her other homes that she lived in, she would set up a set up a microphone while they were still in touch with her, and they said they could hear heavy breathing and footsteps up to it until the microphone was unplugged. Yeah, and then uh, at one point during the Gainer investigation, I believe they had a microphone hooked up, and they heard something similar to that until the recorder turned itself off. Yeah, that's what they said. Yeah, yeah. Turn and then uh, in that one big meeting where they had like the thirty plus people in there or whatever they said. After How the, the f do you fit that many people in that you, house, man? You just don't. You don't. I don't understand. I don't understand how it worked. But they said one of the investigators passed out. I mean, but I, I doubt it was from were they fear. Midgets? I mean, <laughs> I doubt it was were from they fear. Asian? <laughs> they must have been. Three of them were apparently. <laughs> <laughs> They said one of the investigators passed out, but I'm thinking that's due to lack of lack of fucking oxygen. There, it's probably yeah. you know, it's you know you're all sitting there in that in that crazy situation. I don't. I couldn't even understand if you've got what are they are they moving in and out? How are you even? They they would have to be. I mean, you wouldn't have anything caught on audio if you've got thirty people in there. Just how would you more, distinguish? How would you, you distinguish couldn't. one thing from another with that yep. many people? There's nothing you could do. And that, folks, is why you don't ghost hunt with more than two or three people. Yeah. We need a couple. So there was a 1978 book and a 1982 movie that we, well, we talked about. That was horrible. I didn't think it was horrible. I I didn't like the ending. I did. Well, they had nowhere else to go because that is basically the story, but they had nowhere else to go. So they had to do something with it. So the ending got a little bit, uh, but I think they did a, Decent job on making it tough to watch, you know, as if that was happening. They definitely did that, yeah, because, uh, like I said, three settings. It took me three settings to get through it. It was just, number one, it's it's tough material to yeah. to grasp. You know, the, the, the rape aspect of it was way scarier than the, the poltergeist part of it. Yeah, oh yeah, um, and then... The uh, the concept of that dates all the way back to the time of ancient Greek literature, and modern science scientists have linked this phenomenon to sleep paralysis. And they said this affects about twenty percent of the population, and it occurs when you're like partly awake and partly in REM cycle. Like I've heard so many 
so many stories about how you know it's like what they call it the old hag yes the old syndrome hag. or yeah where you see and then a lot of like uh, shadow people are supposed to be linked to sleep paralysis where you you're kind of awake but you can't move because your body shuts down when you're sleeping so you don't hurt yourself so right. you're caught right in it but brian harris is the eldest son and he said in an interview in 2009 it was like if a man was standing in front of my mother and would start to beat her imagine a woman being beaten you couldn't see her being picked up and thrown around sounds of slaps but there was no one there to actually do it he also said we all felt it pulling biting and scratching we were all attacked was he the one that was supposedly thrown across the room when he went in to try to help her during one of her bouts that she was having he said he heard her in the other room and ran in to try to help but he said he'd done it on numerous occasions and one time he claims that he broke his arm wow and then he said uh, at another time, later on, this was like later on after they had moved and the investigators weren't there anymore, when the, it really died down. She claimed that stuff still happened, but it like really died down and the kids weren't even experiencing things like they used to. Right. He said instead of beer, she was like two fisting bottles of wine and walking around the house in a nightie, just talking out into the air as if she was speaking to no one, just, just talking. And would say things like, I'm off to bed and I have no intentions of wearing panties. So I don't know if it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <So> I... <laughs> yeah, that part I can't back up. That part's not true at all. Maybe I not. That up yeah. Completely. Yeah. Oh, man. I, could... <laughs> I had you for a minute, I think. <laughs> Almost. I get... I get... A good 30 was seconds. Some Stockholm syndrome or something. <laughs> yeah, going right. On? right. <laughs> No, but I think I do think that that Doris 100% believed all that stuff was happening to her. So I do, I do feel bad for her. But I do think Taff really took some liberties with this. I would say so. I mean, especially after you know uh, a novel was written based on a true. And story. He was on board. Yeah, yeah. I'm he sure was on he, board I'm for sure that and the movie. I'm sure he got a little cut of that. So I, you know, after that comes out, you don't go back and say, uh. Yeah, and the fact that he no longer helped, like, he knew there was, like, some mental problems there that he probably could have helped with, but he thought, ah, you know, it's not very lucrative to say that that didn't happen. Right. So right. we're just going to keep running with this. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Is it real? Is it bullshit? I think definitely, I have... like you said, to Doris, it was real. Um, yeah. But something smells like bullshit to me, too. A lot of it, yeah. yeah. But those those poor kids, because if uh, if you're those young ages and your mother's telling you that these things are happening, even if she is blasted and screaming and abusive to you, don't you you're talk about my her. mama? You know, you're going to believe her. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and I think you know, as your kid, you hear anything in the night, you automatically think it's something scary in the first place, and then your mother's been pumping this stuff into your head that all these things are going on. Yeah, you're going to be backing her up 100 percent too. You know, the kids, the kids absolutely hated the investigations, right? Right. But, but to Doris, her life was such shit that this was almost like she was important. Like, yeah, yeah. These people are here. She's the center of attention at this point and she's lapping it up. Exactly. Yeah. I think she loves it. Free beer. Free beer and loving it. 
They're here. Yeah. Uh, all these people are around. I'm getting attention that I never got before. She was abusive to her kids anyway. So it's like, fuck your feelings. This is about me. You know what I mean? Yep. I think that was probably a, that might've been more of why the kids hated it than I, it might've, he might've just been saying it made the house come alive later because who knows, but if they're around, if they're around trying to do that, she feels important. She's getting blasted after everybody leaves. She's probably fucking right back into severe amounts of depression because everybody's gone. No attention on her. And the kids yeah. are like, mom, let's do something. Fuck off. Get away from me. My day's ruined again. That's a, that's a hell of a way to live, man. So that's, that's the first story. Uh, it wasn't, it's not a lengthy one, but it's still pretty interesting. It's, like I said, man, you just, from the get-go, you went to the absolute worst place you could go. Yeah, well, I, I think we need to let people know where we're going to be going, because I'm going to I'm gonna laugh about things that I probably shouldn't laugh about, because it's just easier to deal with it that way. Oh, yeah. I mean, I do the same thing. So, yeah. It's, it's some stories that I'm planning on going through will be tough reads, tough listens, and you got you kind of got to break it up to make it funny a little bit to well, help out. Yeah, so. I agree. I agree. So uh, the entity, I give it um, one star. Once because because you had to because you had to give it because you had to give it one yeah. Um, but honest yeah, out, one out of four stars for me because it was like I said it was just hard to get through. It's dated. I know you loved it. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it a. I love the soundtrack. It was great. Yeah. Um, I, when when the entity would attack. Boom, 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 yeah. Boom. It, was, it reminded me of like a ministry album or, or Einstein or Ding Neubotten or Nine Inch Nails, some, <laughs> some industrial band. It did, it did have a grind to it. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, it's not, I watched it once because the ending lost me. I thought it was going to go somewhere else with it. And then they didn't, they clearly didn't show Doris as what she actually was in real life. So maybe one day somebody will redo the movie. God, I hope Fucking not. name it Mr. Who's It. Yeah, if you do, be, say, it better be called Mr. Who's It. That'd be the scarier version, for sure. Yeah. And then make it dark. And, and the ghosts better be Asian. <laughs> she claimed they were two small ones and one big one. As as they told well, I mean, one big Asian? Come on. Really? Yeah. Well, Yao Ming. Okay, okay. Was up in there. Okay. I get it. Who knows? But yeah, so that story's fucked up. A little bit. <laughs> More than a little bit. But so that was Doris Bither in the entity case. And um in our I'm opinion cut that shit in half, Matt. Absolutely cut it in half. I think I don't think it I don't think it's real to anybody but Doris and the poor kids who had to go through it. Unfortunate for them. Um, you know, it's a sad story, but I think it was uh, a horrible movie. That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been depants, Matt. It's been depantsed. We depantsed it and cut it in half. So there you all go. Right. Guys, thanks for hanging out with us. Once again, I'm Zach. I'm Spar. And we'll see you next time right here on Well, Hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. Later. Later.